Yeah, we know nothing. And I try to learn more and more that I know less than nothing, I guess. And working with sexual liberation or ecology with uh, sexual liberation on top and body consciousness and free expressions, learning how to yeah, accept each other made me sick in my head and more crazy about humanity, more fucked up about love. This project, fuckforforest.org, is amazing. It collected a lot of money for ecology. It helped a lot of people get over their personal issues about sex and nudity. But for me, I, I kind of combined it with lovers and my private life and... After 15 years doing Fuck for Forest, I feel pretty burned out, you, Leona? I have had my ups and downs, so to say. I'm not going to go into it. And tell me a little bit about your downs, please. I just said I will not go into it. Okay, so uh, I tried to get help from you uh, about my problems, my mind problems about the subject, and you just laugh about me. Well, I worked as your private psychiatrist for... I think two months or three months in the mountains where we were living and it was horrible. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, I will say it was horrible from your side also. I didn't get better. Uh, so you did a really bad job to try to cure me. The thank you for your hopeless, great, great like psychological help that I really got from you. Yeah, it really helped me a lot. Uh, now I feel even more guilty and uh, that everything sucks. Well, okay, that doesn't matter. We, we all have to deal with ourselves. But uh, this uh, bipolar circle and this birthday show is from... This is a birthday for every single one of us that have got problems with relationship and sexuality uh, me included uh, probably more now than I had before I started Fuck for Forest well when you started Fuck for Forest maybe you didn't had so many relationships yet no I was kind of green on the subject I didn't know so much about the problems and uh, the, the, the huge ocean of psychosis that is kind of connected to the subject of of shame and guilt with your body and then also connected to actually relationships like having a, a connection to another human being you know, that means to then mirroring that other person and try to satisfy that other person in ways you can't even satisfy yourself well i don't totally agree i, I think even in a relationship you shouldn't give up on yourself I didn't say that i said like but it's hard to satisfy another person if you are not able to satisfy yourself or sometimes it's e easier to satisfy another person than yourself. Maybe it's true, but uh, well, I, we got a sexual psychiatrist to come here to talk to us about uh, how she experienced people's problem in this subject. And then I will maybe try to express my problems and maybe get finally some help from a professional person as uh, seems like... Uh, even if you worked 15 years with this subject, Leona, since you learned nothing, at least not you can help me with it. So now, uh, finally, a professional will come there to help me and all you other poor, lonely, destroyed people out there that uh, has got your mind, uh, body or, or soul ripped apart from the subject of sexuality or love. That's a question. Do you have to go to therapy only if you are have a severe problem or is it also good for healthy people to go to therapists? 
that's also interesting. You can ask that um, right now. I think it's enough people that have problems. So as a therapist with a not, uh, okay, we need a lot more therapists right now. I think they're kind of overbooked already and expensive as hell. So if you don't have the money, you, the only option you have is glue or suicide. I guess. Glue? Yeah, Did you say glue? Glue, cheapest drug you can get. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. No, I also agree. I think right now in the modern world, uh, a lot of people are suffering. So I think, and if you really want to cure somebody, I think you'd need therapy for a long time. And as it's so expensive, I guess you just have time for a few times. And I don't know if you can solve anything with that. Okay, so we're not getting crazy by ourselves again uh, and waiting till we get even more psychotic well, we're just sitting here and waiting for our guest to join us in in our cyber studio here in um, yeah, but if Mexico. We but if we talk too much now, we will probably start to fight with each other. Is it better just like wait for the therapist? No, uh, I don't think we should say that we know about this subject anymore and that we... I don't know nothing, so... Uh, good, so like just fucking shut up, wait for the therapist and happy birthday to all you that need therapy. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, it's your birthday, happy birthday, it's a great day, that's what we say, happy What in um, bathroom? Hello, hello. I'm waiting for Leona. She's on toilet. Do you hear me? Talk a little Fantastic. bit. Talk a little bit so I can get your sound level right. Absolutely. I'm drinking my tea. I'm having a good old time over here in my sweatshirt because it's cold in Florida, which is not usually the case. Wow, it's not usually the case that it's cold in Florida. Yeah, it's usually really warm here, uh, but it's been in like the 40s today, which is not. Uh, 40s uh, in, uh, in Celsius. I can never remember. Uh, uh -huh. Let me switch it in my brain. And here's Leona. Peed. Hi. Finnish peed. Hi. Totally empty bladder, ready to talk about sexuality and bodies. Yes. Hey, now I can hear you also. Fantastic. So, Florida, yeah, yeah, that I got the relationship to that as like oranges coming from <laughs> yeah from they there. do we do make uh we do uh grow a lot of oranges here i we're not originally from here we're actually trying to move um your direction R really uh, we're gonna my husband and i really want to live in the eu it's the 10th of february it's already been one week since the last birthday show time goes so fast sometimes so the 10th of february is the teddy day according to google the teddy day is a day where people gift each other teddies to their loved ones. It's all about promises on this day, so hence people making promises to loved ones on this day. <laughs> teddy day? What the fuck is that? Um. Well, we, uh, we got the fuck out of the EU because we found it dangerous, so we actually live in Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah. What? What what made you do that? I'm curious. 
Um, I feel that way about the United States. <laughs> well, uh, I, I stopped. I, I stopped to believe in the development of uh, the European Union. How they would, um, what they would do against like what's happening globally with ecological disaster, basically. And mm. uh, I think they're kind of part of it, and they're not acting fast enough. And uh, a lot of it started in Latin America. Like uh, Mexico was one of the countries uh, that got was the country that got occupied first by the Spanish people, and yeah. it has an interesting uh, connection. The modern world's disconnection to nature and uh, what happened after that, and then I'm like looking at uh, Europe and the young people. Not mm. knowing how to grow anything, not knowing how to survive, uh, only knowing how to be on social medias and things like yes. this. And I start to lose faith in the young generation. Scientists and stuff actually are starting to agree on that the human destruction of our planet has kind of got, gone to a point that if we don't act right now, uh, yes. something major will happen. And this, yes, like, and a we lot got sixty growing seasons left. That's it. Sixty. Yeah. That's it. So, so what happens then when the infrastructure breaks down in Europe, in North Europe, like my grandmother was stuck there during the Second World War and she was a survivor. But the young mm -hmm. generation now, I'm like, eh, no, I don't want to get stuck in minus degrees in Europe during some kind of crisis with the modern society. And then I actually mm -hmm. felt Mexico is more safe. It has uh, vegetables and fruits all year round. You have a big uh, farming culture. That's well, different kind of power structure. Yes, I, I, it's very one of the big huge reasons we want to leave the U.S. is for actually incredibly similar. My husband and I are both very much uh, want to do regenerative farming. And uh, here in Florida, to the cost of doing that would be we can't. There's no way. There's no way to get into it. There's no way to, um, like, here for a farm that's about, what, 20, like, hectares or, yeah, 20 hectares or so, you're going to pay millions, millions of dollars. You can't get into a farm or even a farm that needs to be rehabilitated for anything less. And the average age of farmers in the United States is 65. Like, that's, that's not good. <laughs> that's bad news. The that lifestyle. really bad news. I don't know. For me, it's getting more and more about, like, uh, if the dam is breaking, learn to build boats, because I don't believe that a modern society will sustain itself. And uh, I feel still more safe. I'm trying to learn to be sustainable, uh, trying to learn yeah. to grow stuff. Uh, uh, I learn from my neighbors and uh, we're trying to make like kind of like a social project where we're working together with the local people okay. to create a kind of uh, union for the future <laughs> or something. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think that's what we're going to have to do. It has gone 41 days already in this new year. It's the 10th of February and there's 324 days remaining until the end of this year. And I do hope it will get better than the last. Well, yeah, it's dark for me. You, you're, you work with psycho psychology, you know? Mm-hmm, so, yeah. So, so I always, because for me, it's pretty dark. And I'm struggling many times to keep my faith up. And we've been working with this Fuck for Forest project that was about sexual liberation and ecology together for so yeah. many years to try to get more hope in humanity and ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. I'm on a very dark spot. She seems to be more like a psychopath or something. She seems to just like me <laughs> laugh about all the most horrible things. I also laugh about it, but it seems I'm actually also being somehow like uh, affected by it, like yes. affected by the situation of the planet, about the disconnection between people and then the subject of sexuality on top of it. Mm-hmm, How absolutely. are you experiencing this now? Are you getting more and more people now in the time of Corona and stuff? Do you get a lot of people calling you? Oh, oh yes. Uh, I I am, uh, as far as psychologists and therapists and counselors, we're all uh, packed full of people right now. I mean, this is our time of year. Oh, during the holidays is really hard for most people. Usually there's a lot of grief. Jolie, Jolie. There is a lot of family stuff. There is a lot of <laughs> everything that they have to process. And then let's add COVID on top of all of that. So it's been, uh, it's probably been, as far as being uh, a psychotherapist, this might be my most challenging year, uh-huh. I would have to say. So more people need uh, psychotherapy than Santa Claus, it seems. Uh-huh. Yes. Santa Claus is not there, is not there taking care, he's got too fat by, <laughs> by, by the commercial industry that kind of pimped up Christmas and made him mm-hmm. into like a greedy motherfucker that just mm-hmm. eats and, and touch children. That is also kind yes. of a little bit like tacky thing with uh, this red big fat Santa mm-hmm. guy. I'm afraid of house. him a little. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm also, I have all this paranoia and stuff. So, but uh, okay. Uh, Can I just break in fast? Could you just present yourself for our listeners? Sure. My name is Erica Miley. I'm a mental and sexual health therapist. Uh, my background is in lots, uh, all kinds of sexual issues um, from sexual trauma, those who've experienced like sexual assault. I've worked with those who have been harmed, but I've also worked with perpetrators of sexual assault. Uh, I've worked with all kinds of sexual issues across the board. So a majority of my work is deconstructing shame. That is really what I do. Trauma can be caused by an overwhelmingly negative event that causes a lasting impact on the victim's mental and emotional stability. While many sources of trauma are physically violent in nature, others are psychological. Some common sources of trauma include rape. Wow. So, yeah, shame. Uh, That's something we also have been dealing with uh, did you ever have any problem with people that has feel have uh, been sexually abused by santa or something like that no, <laughs> I Christmas mean, times? i am sure there is somebody out there who had a family member who was an, a giant asshole who probably harmed them that way because the majority i mean let's be real the majority of people who have been harmed sexually typically around 70 to 80 percent of them have known the person that harmed them So, uh, of course, people have family shit around the holidays. There's no doubt in my mind. It's because usually people are are exposed to people who've harmed them in some way. I had friends in my family that uh, or friends close to me that have uh, experienced sexual abuse. And many times I've seen the families where it happened. And it seems like the most perfect little bubble on the outside. And when you know Mm -hmm. what's going on on the inside and especially like in holiday situations when everything is supposed to be super kind and friendly 
And then I see these yes. people like like pretend to be the best people in the world. Like also what had happened in the Catholic Church and with people skin yes. holy people pretending to to be so like uh, morally right with sexuality, mm -hmm. with like shame. Shame is something we should take oh. serious in a religious way and. Well, the religious trauma that I see across my, uh, across the field, across every, I, I would say, um, eighty percent of the people that I see have some sort of religious trauma. Used to preach, trying to save my soul, but now he's preaching just to buy jelly roll, and he calls that religion, and he calls that religion. Well, he calls that religion, but I believe he's going to hell when he dies. Went to church last night, happy as I could be, till that old preacher tried to take my wife from me. And he calls that religion. Well, he calls that religion. Well, he calls that religion, but I believe he's going to hell when he dies. Women fussing and fighting all across the land. Yeah, he calls that religion. Yeah, he calls that religion. Well, he calls that religion, but I believe he's gonna hell when he dies. Well, then the people stopped going, stopped going to church because they found out the preacher was trying to do too much. And he calls that religion. Well, he calls that religion. Well, he calls that religion, but I believe he's going. And when he dies, I'm going to go there too. In their life, um, and it, regardless of the type of uh, religion that they have uh, been following or their family followed, because oftentimes, not every single religion is this way, but a majority of them, they treat sexuality as something that is bad, wrong, something to not be celebrated, something that you should hide away. It is incredibly rare when I interact with somebody who has a positive religious experience when it comes to sexuality. It's like uh, that uh, because I also feel uh, sometimes it's even uh, in in families like that that is very suppressive with sexuality they maybe even use like violence to educate their children like spanking for example that has been turned because i know people have spanking fantasies and stuff and i've seen some of them have it from actually feeling like a safety relationship to their parent situation when they got spanked as a kid you know like you have these like deep psychological roots to how you got educated about sexuality in a really low or really young age so young children already have a relationship to the body and sexuality very, very early. And society is somehow like keeping that away from them. And then you get all this like subconscious 
relationship to like to sexuality and, and safety with your parents mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And, and that's why I think like sexual education for children is so important. But uh, we talked to a friend yesterday that was he's a, he's a teacher and at the same time he's um, he likes to be dominated by women mm -hmm. and spanked yes. and things like this. And he has a problem with being honest about his sex life because mm -hmm. he is afraid of losing his job. Yeah, absolutely. Like this, the kink community has been absolutely marginalized, which is awful because being kinky is actually one of the most common uh, fantasies that we as humans engage in. It's like one of our favorite things to think about is the, the sexy dynamics of power. But the wonderful thing about kink is if it's done in the wonderful, healthy structure that kink allows for, it's consensual and can be incredibly healing to a person to be able to take back a narrative of harm to a narrative of pleasure that can be trans transformational for many 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 people yeah uh, but how do we explain this to our children that's like uh, the thing i wanted to because we have to explain to our children about pollution about uh, destruction how that is even war in the world there are certain facts mm -hmm. of life that is uh, kind of complicated sometimes to explain uh, like for innocent fragile child mind but then it comes to like consensual sexuality that even is kinky that even contains mm -hmm. like spanking and stuff uh, do you think it would be bad to explain children about this or is it something that should be kept away from children about adult world i think kids are actually pretty good at guiding us at where they are at so I am often encouraging parents to answer the question that, the, that a kiddo asked rather than giving them an entire book of things that maybe they, they're not quite ready for at their developmental level. So if we're talking about a young kiddo that's between the ages of like three and five years old, we're going to be talking a lot about their bodies because bodies have nerve endings and they're going to be touching their genitalia because it's interesting, not because of its sexual, sexual nature that we develop as we get older. It's all about how our nerve endings start turning on and how the brain starts interacting with our body. And those switches are starting to be turned on as we develop. So if a kiddo is touching their genitalia when they're little, uh, there, of course, have been kiddos who have been harmed, who have to be, their behaviors are, don't necessarily match what's developmentally appropriate. But that is altogether different than an average kiddo who is playing with their genitals in the tub because it feels interesting. We actually start playing with our genitals in the womb because of what playing with our genitals does to the brain. When we play with our genitals, lots of wonderful uh, switches in the brain go, oh, that's interesting. And it also relieves stress. That's why animals across, across species <laughs> masturbate because those nerve endings reduce cortisol, reduce uh, the, our threat system. 
so it, it's, a, it's a process that is natural in our development. So when I'm talking to like parents, I'm like, okay, start with what, what they're doing. If they, if they have a question about like, why, why, is, why are my genitals different than yours, parent? I, I encourage them to answer the question as they've asked it. Well, I have different genitals than you. And there are lots of different types of genitals in the world. Usually, that's enough for a kid. A kid goes, okay, and then moves on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, think, I think I touched myself a lot inside the womb. That's pretty kinky stuff, actually. But uh, I, I, <laughs> I also uh, was thinking about, yeah, because th this thing about giving uh, children the feeling of shame, because they kind of don't have it. Uh, they get given by parents' relationship to sex and bodies. And I see that with the children that are normally used to being on nudist beaches or ha have very open-minded parents that they have no problem mm -hmm. with it then you are for example in your house and you're you're having kind of sex with your partner and your child is sleeping but then the child is waked up by the sounds ah, 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 and you the child goes in uh, and some parents that would say to their child like uh, go out go out the child will feel that the parents do something wrong that even that might mm -hmm. be a, a aggressive mm -hmm. act because they heard like loud noises and they will be mm -hmm. traumatized by that instead of that the ch uh, parents will say like no no me and my lover would just have a good time now we want to be a little bit alone because we are enjoying ourselves maybe you want to go back to sleep or do you need my assistant now or take it just like uh, very normal no and this will make yes. the child feel that their their parent or their the the, the people that are together are actually loving each other and taking care of each other but yes. then if I am in an extreme SM relationship and I'm tied up to the wall by my lover mm -hmm. and she's spanking the shit out of me and screaming mm -hmm. and, ah, ah, and I'm screaming like hell, you know, like, and it's like, shut up, bitch, shut up, like, <laughs> fuck off, like, oh no, take it, dog, you can take it even harder, yes, yes, it's like, and the child comes in, then it's like, will the child be like the same kind of, oh yeah, accept that by me saying, oh no, me and my lover are just having some fun, we're just playing a game, this is just adult mm. games, we're playing an adult game right now, uh, do you need me right now because I'm hanging here? You know, and <laughs> then stuck. Yeah. <laughs> you think that, <laughs> you think I that, think it does have everything to do with how you framed it, right? Like if you are going to frame what a kid sees with fear, then that is how they will respond to whatever they've seen later. You've taught them how to respond to what they're seeing. I do encourage people, especially who are, if they are caregivers or parents, uh, to, you know, maybe be a little creative. If, if you got to yell at the top of your lungs, maybe it's time for the ball gag. Uh, maybe it's time for, for maybe a pillow placed just right so that you could be you doing the yelling you want, but then also keep the kids asleep. Uh, being creative also can help you approach the, the situation with a child in a creative way. And uh, we are so afraid of scarring children. Kids are incredibly resilient. Uh, I, have, I work with adults who have been through terrible, terrible things. And some of them recover from that in, in wonderful ways. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm saying that, that children that children can roll with lots and lots of trauma. I'm not saying that, but they can roll with how you respond to whatever they've seen. So if they walk in on you watching any kind of sexual material, 
if you respond to them as if it's a normal thing and usher them out of the room and saying, this is, this is for me and my, my adult time. Do you need me right now? Like you suggested, I, I loved how you phrased that. Do you need me? Do you need my assistance right now? Okay. You don't, and you need to go back to bed. This is adult time right now. Like when you are very straightforward and don't cause fear, fear in the kid, you're, you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, because we drink in front of children, we smoke in front of children, yeah. we drive cars. Children can't drive cars. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's easy. No, I drive car because I'm adult. You don't uh, drive cars. Cars are dangerous. Sex mm-hmm. is not actually dangerous. It's kind of easy. Like, how do you think a child will, will be like, emotionally destroyed or disturbed by you having fun in any kind of way that is consensual while you can show your no show your child cars pollution and trash mm-hmm. and destruction of nature and the type of yeah maybe it's more space for children but if you think it's a kind of like difficult place when you mm-hmm. get a child you have to educate about difficult things and then i think sex should be one of the beautiful things to actually be able to educate about. And that's why I find it so sad that some forces are taking away the possibility for people to educate through through sexuality, through, through open sexuality, through sexual performance art. Now I see that it's coming more and more erotic material that actually is made specially to educate because they see that so many young people get their education on porn on the yes. internet. And it's a kind of twisted view on sexuality. Absolutely. It's a performance. It's not education. It was not interp- It was not in the purpose of any kind of sexual material, whether it be pornography or whether it be erotica or what, whatever the case may be. I, I, it was not made to educate us. It was made to, to get us off. It wasn't, it, it's performance of the thing. It is much like the, what we see in, in, in movies that it's a performance of a thing. It isn't the actual thing. We did it a different though. We, we fuck for forest.org is more about documenting real situations. We saw it more like we are like the David Attenborough of porn. Kind of I love we, that. We film people that. having fun. So <clears throat> I have a question. Why, why and when should a person go to therapy? Mm, beautiful question. I think uh, therapy is a wonderful option for, for most people. Um, we've all got something in our lives that maybe we're, we don't really understand or we, don't, we might need help understanding context of even if it is not like a severe persistent mental health diagnosis having an objective person to be able to talk through a situation or something about yourself can really really help you see it in a whole new light without like it's different than when you go to your friend and you say I've got a problem and I'm struggling your friend has all of that knowledge about you, maybe even your family or maybe even your other friends. And so they have a bias. They have a bias and, and they're more than likely going to say maybe what you want to hear or say what you don't want to hear in a way that you don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, I'm an expert in that. <laughs> like she, she tried to be my psychologist and she gave up I see like on your website is, is asks if you've 
if it's like uh, yeah beginning therapy is a big step it's a, so uh, like for me yeah i think a very very big step. this is supposed to be kind of a comedy program now we talk about kind of serious subjects uh, trying to have fun with it at the same time but now sometimes for me it's not so easy to just have fun with my life and sometimes i'm just like i think it's like funny i recorded things i find funny and then i listen to it after and it just sounds sad Destruction, destroyed, anger, sadness, cure, cure, which cure, cure what? Too many people, millions of people abuse. What can we do? Help them, psychological treatment. I need that because I can't handle to think about compassion and empathy for rapists. And child molesters in war My country, my government is dropping bombs on children Poisoning the drinking water through industrialized society so I'm like, mm, okay, maybe I try to pimp it up in my brain while I'm saying it. And then I'm like, no, it's not so funny. Actually, I'm just talking about how horrible I have it or something like that. But other people might find it funny or not, you know, or whining. But still, like, it's like, yes, I, I feel I'm lost. And I feel it's like a lot about... Most of the people connected to Fuck for Forest actually through the years, we did 15 years of this project and I learned a lot and I wouldn't exchange it for nothing. Most yeah. of the people getting in contact with us was just having fun in the moment while me and Leona kind of uh, experienced a lot with uh, emotions connected to people really close to us. And we combined mm -hmm. like, you shouldn't combine uh, work with pleasure, they say, but we were just like, fuck that shit, we're gonna do I our work that. as pleasure. No, that's right. Uh, then sometimes also it got complicated and was many things happened and now like some years ago I just couldn't work anymore. And since then, this is the podcast has been kind of like the only thing. I'm this is a comeback to the reality out there again. And but but the fuck for forest project, Leona takes care of it now. She's doing most of the work. I haven't edited a video for many years. Uh, we're coming out with a documentary about the three first years of our project. That is like the uh, fuck for forest uh, documentary that I made finished that I actually worked a lot with. So that's coming. So. What should I do? I feel lost. I am. What should I do now in the Corona time and stuff like this? Also, now I actually feel better because I feel mm -hmm. like okay, now I need to just focus on what we can do. Like we can focus on the radio, and actually it made me creative again. Extra on top of everything made me like oh, okay, now I have to deal with this situation. But yeah, okay. Like, how do you start a conversation? Like, hey, uh, I feel lost, and it has a lot to do with my relationship to love and sexuality and the traumas other people 
and the world have about this subject in general. Yeah. One of the first things I usually am asking someone is if they've ever been to therapy before, because that does help me understand if they're familiar with how me and my colleagues keep secrets. Because fundamentally, a big part of my job is holding people's stories completely private. But I'm not like so, that person. I like I don't I can't <laughs> shut up. So I'm I'm slightly hyperactive. So I tell my stories to people and just oh, random you can tell your stories everywhere. I just won't tell your story anywhere. Okay, so does you that make sense? I think that's so it's would like be my it's like problem. handing what? it's handing your story to a vault. You're handing your story to me. And I'm never, ever, ever telling anybody about it. I think that would be my problem. That's what I'm thinking when I go to psycho. If I would go to psychoanalysis, it's like, hmm, can I trust that person really with my secrets? What? You really have yeah. that kind of secret? It's scary, oh, right? Like, now she's scaring scary. me now. Now she's scaring me because she's saying like that she wouldn't say her. Then what kind of secrets do you have, Leona? <laughs> you don't know. No, obviously not. <laughs> we lived together for 15 years, uh, more or less, and uh, I should know most, but it's okay. That I is guess you know most. What you really feel and think, I don't know about. I mean, maybe. Do you know how many times I get a couple in a room, uh, or a thruple, because I work with people who are ethically non-monogamous. Uh, I, I always do a session with each person that is involved in the relationship by themselves. Because the relationship has its own ecosystem, its own dynamics. So when I get a person by themselves, then they can be freer to even talk about things that maybe even happened before the relationship ever happened. Maybe they have something that they're interested in that they've never told their partner before. That way, I know all of the information when we go into a, a couple, throuple, whatever relationship formation I'm, I'm seeing, I, I get to then see the relationship ecosystem. And then I also get to see each person and how they interact in that ecosystem. Uh, okay. Me, uh, yeah. I understand <laughs> that, that you should like maybe feel trust so I can say things to you that I don't want. Leo. Maybe I would actually say things to you that I wouldn't say to Leona, for example. I but doubt I, that. Uh, you doubt that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you, but anyway, like one of the only relationship I had to psychiatry was when I had to uh, pretend I was crazy. Okay, I'm kind of on just talk the truth actually to get out of the military in Norway, and then I had to mm. go to a therapist, and the therapist said like, okay, you seem to know what you want, but I can write a paper that says like military don't want you kind of. I'm like in this category that can't take punishment because if they give me punishment, I will just get more crazy. I'm not understanding it because I have like too much like kind of this like conspiracy theory idea about the world or something. Then like, maybe that made me paranoid of taking uh, therapy because I'm thinking like, okay, if I sit with a therapist, I will feel like even more now I'm crazy. And now you're listening to me and the world is so crazy. Why should you listen to me? What can you do about my craziness? Can you do it's, anything? So when it comes to what I can do about your craziness, that's actually not even my role. No, my I, role is I have to my, do, deal with it myself and that I learned already. But okay, how can you, you're going to be my guide or you're going to like make me understand. Not only that, I actually have quite a few tools that I help people with. So uh, you might have or? tools that you've, that you've tried that have worked pretty well or okay and no. I might be able to help you add to those tools that 
might be able to give you a different perspective on whatever problem you're facing. I'm super self-destructive. My tools has usually been like alcohol or drugs and just like dark depression. I've been having nightmares lately that never seem to end. that is like because we aren't given a blueprint as humans on how to human we don't know what we're doing or how to do it and so we turn to the thing that 
we've seen other people turn to, which is sometimes substances, sometimes harming ourselves, sometimes uh, explosive emotions or putting all of our emotions away. Like there's lots of different ways that this shows up for lots of different people, but it's all very similar, at least in the how it how it happens is that we don't have a, most of us do not have a blueprint and most of our caregivers didn't either. So we were all kind of left to the wolves in some ways. But I feel it's like more like uh, maybe I need like a more cra- a psycho- psychologist that deals with like crazy people because I think maybe it's like <laughs> God or something did it to me or aliens or weird shit like in the universe. <laughs> things like made things for me because I work with this project Fuck for Forest. I was supposed mm-hmm. to learn things about how the compli- what love is and the complications of love in this world. Mm-hmm. And that made me meet this girl when I was doing a performance art piece in Norway that was actually about suppression of sexuality, especially by mm-hmm. religion. And we did something yeah. in the church uh, based on that. Uh, in that uh, situation, I met a girl from India and mm. uh, we fall in love like really deeply. I'm an activist in Norway and Norway don't uh, allow me marrying a person if I don't show at least like three to five years of making a certain amount of money. When I, she ran away from her family for me and she looked me in my eyes and she asked me, can you promise me that you take care of me if I leave mm. my family? And I said yes. And she became part of Fuck for Forest that made her realized a lot of part of her, her being a woman that was extremely important for her. She said this is something, the uh, most important thing happening in her life. Mm. Anyway, Norway couldn't accept me marrying her, so I couldn't give her the safety in Europe. So they threatened mm. to send her back to India, but everyone in India knows that she's part of my project that is a very liberal, in-your-face project, especially for a kind of conservative place in India. Her family, her friends, her surroundings. Yeah. So I was in this situation, okay, I have to leave my, the girl I, I kind of promised to take care of based on my project. Mm. And uh, we had to run away from Norway. And that's actually why I'm in Mexico right now. Uh, in the end, I ended up here. She went crazy in this process because she had no one to take care of her, no one to protect her. I went crazy mm. also. I could see my, my great love in my life falling apart in front of me and I could do nothing. Yeah. This and a lot of other things that is connected to my project about philosophy, about love. And uh, mm-hmm. like I live in the richest country in the world uh, mm-hmm. and I'm not allowed to take care of the person I fall in love with based on money. And they judged me for being part of Fuck for Forest. I could have asked other, if I had a normal ecological organization, she could have wor- worked in my organization and I could get their papers for working. We as a project working with sexual liberation and she being from India would be such a magical bridge of two cultures, like India that has the Kama Sutra culture. Mm. Okay, so the government of Norway with the borders of love made this union and because I'm working with pornography, she Mm. couldn't work in, oh yeah, so you want this young, beautiful girl from India (laughs) to work in your pornographic project. So I was stuck on every side. And it ruined my life, totally. Uh, After that, I haven't uh, been able to trust people. Uh, After that, I got in a relationship with a girl that has borderline personality disorder.
mm. for one year and that was after that just was like the universe thank you or fuck you or learn now or die kind of mm-hmm. tactic what well, so now i'm lost you're good you're good i i i've heard a lot of issues around as you were describing that i was i was hearing the theme of safety and i think across the world when it comes to sexuality it 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 becomes this for whatever reason we have created barriers and created issues around safety uh and I struggle because I watch I watch my colleagues, um, not only just like sex therapists, sex educators, uh, have their their social media pages pulled down because social media companies are, are, are their AI can't tell the difference between something that is deemed sexual material versus sexual education. Uh, that I what is it porn. Just did a giant, a huge, huge. They went from like 13 million to something like 4 million videos huh? on their platform. And Master Pornhub. Oh, but yeah. And MasterCard and Visa both dropped that Pornhub as something that they're even willing to bill for. This is stigmatization against the whole working yes. group and against sexual education and sexuality. That is normal. How can we educate our children? about mm-hmm. that way if we get this idea that sex is so disgusting and we can't mm-hmm. show sexuality or nudity on social media. We can show mm-hmm. violence and horrible stuff without getting banned. That's like, I live in a nightmare of a world. Yes, and it takes away, like when, when we have these barriers in place, the people who are trying to be maybe avant-garde or creative or put out education, there is a essentially a, a movement to demonetize all of that. So you want to be a creative person and you want to express yourself in that way, or you want to be an educator, or you want to be like someone like me who's a sex therapist. Like there is this movement to make sure that at least through social media that you cannot make any money off of it. And and that to me is fundamentally wrong. It's wrong. It's it's wrong to take away and and not be able to tell the difference between sexual material and and sex education or sexual creativity or a sex worker. But isn't it all still still isn't it a little bit about bad taste? You're allowed to show shitty movies. You don't have to be, right? call it education. You can just like okay, it's shitty movies. It's still allowed to show <laughs> it. Just like you have some bad. Okay, if people were hurt in the production, if the people really suffered in the production, then it's like okay, then it's criminal. That is something that it's like consensual sex between people. No one should be like allowed to say that it, that's offensive. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to see that. Well, okay, I don't want to see cars or pollution. I just have to see it anyway. Your children mm-hmm. that you don't want to educate about that have to be educated about this shitty world every day. And you refuse mm-hmm. me to be open about my sexual life. And if you say I can't, then what's social about it? Like you can exactly. show your shit, but I can show my life that I don't have to follow your suppressive fucked up religion that makes people think masturbation is a sin and can't enjoy their body and sexuality without shame. 
I don't know if I should cry or laugh. Like now I'm again talking we like this is like it sounds funny. It sounds funny. You know, it's like ha 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 ha. <laughs> it's ridiculous and and it's completely sad. It's com- it it is. It's how we could be, especially in 2020. How we couldn't walk away from 2020, uh, looking at the absurdity of it, but also seeing seeing what we're seeing being angry and indicting what we're seeing um i think we would be we would remit be remiss if if we would not stand up and say you know what this is not right people deserve access to the things that they want to access that they are consensually uh saying that they want to be a part of or that they want to view uh, i i've worked with those who have harmed children i have worked with perpetrators of sexual assault these humans are not like not the same as people who are doing sexual activities consensually. In some places of the world, women still get sentenced for adultery when they get raped and then stoned to death. It is happening. Is the solution then execution of the man after cutting off his penis? Or is there hope for the rapist? Can the rapes change? That is completely different things and putting them together is not okay. And you know, like Instagram and Facebook, those fuckers are pedophile protectors. I just want to say that to all you out there, they're pedophile protectors. They're against people educating about sexuality or just normal sex workers that work consensually with what they're doing. They will censure that and take it away. But Instagram now, they found out like, because you can send the private stuff and it become like a private sending place for exchanging child pornography. And I even oh, Twitter, got... Twitter is that way too. And I also, had, fa- had, also Facebook, that... people send like, if you add friends on Facebook, they can send you shit that is not controlled at all. And there I seen yes. shit. I was like suddenly like looking at stuff and there's like suddenly this guy fucking a chicken. I never saw it before. I'm like, I'm pretty mm-hmm. fucked up in my mind. So I'm like looking at shit on the internet. It's like, oh, how would I let look like? But somehow I haven't been so fucked up that I wanted to see the chicken get fucked. But then I'm just sitting there on the map, you know? And I was like, okay, I didn't want to sit and have to deal with it because this seems to be part of a very sick reality we're living in. And this comes many times from places where people are very sexually suppressed. And I Mm. I have a friend uh, from Colombia, she said, like, in a place in Colombia where the guys are very Catholic and the guys are not allowed to have sex outside marriage. But when they're 15, they have, like, some kind of ritual where they all have to fuck a donkey. And they, mm-hmm. the, the family organized it and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's like, and I asked, like, it can't be true. And she's like, no, it's like, it's like a big state. Where it's, and I checked it up mm-hmm. and it's actually happening. <laughs> There's, you're not wrong. There are cultures across the world that, uh, that involve lots of different sexual practices that are, uh, deemed illegal in other countries, right? Like, and here in the United States, just just in this, just in every single state, it is different. What what would be considered a crime, as far as sexuality goes? So, like, uh, in the state I'm in, there are what are called sodomy laws. So, laws against the anal orifice as as a whole you still have that in america 
Oh, yeah. Across the United States in every state, there is some weird <laughs> old sex law that is still on the books. It's yeah. the best told to fucking who doesn't make babies. Go on. Like, what did you do? Like, the neighbors call the police. I'm pretty sure they used I'm the wrong <laughs> hole. <laughs> yeah. They used the wrong hole over there. I know it. I know it. Were you there? Yeah, it's like I, I'm, I, I believe everything should be allowed as long as consensual. And that's why I have a little bit like mm -hmm. I know animal sex has been done as a ritual stuff through time. And but the humans have done a lot of shit. So I'm more like I, I'm into animal protection and stuff. So yes. uh, but I'm also a vegan vegetarian. So if you're going to eat it anyway, OK, if you fuck it first, I wouldn't care so much. Maybe it's better like to get a good relationship to what you eat. Or maybe fuck it after you kill it. After you kill it? <laughs> okay, what? But that's the thing, like, you have to, like, I, as far as me as a professional goes, like, I, I'm much, very much about consent. Can, can the creature or can the person give consent? Children cannot give consent. Animals, in, in my opinion, cannot give consent. Some dogs so, can. I've seen dogs give consent. <laughs> I mean. I've seen dogs try to rape friends of me also. So it's like, they are kind of, they don't have any borders. <laughs> but as far as when it comes to what your United States law, like the most basic laws in the United States are can can the person or can the creature give consent? And many states uh, do have like what we would call bestiality laws. That's what they would call them here in the States. Or um, they would also like there's lots of different strange uh, child protection laws that have came out of like sometimes Uh, sometimes a, a case that was very specific. Sometimes the, the laws are very broad in their reach. It really is. It's very, very strange. There are sexting laws in some states in the United States. So like in Alabama in particular, if two minors were to sext each other consensually, that is considered exchanging child pornography and they can go yeah it's like kids sending naked photos to each other and suddenly they're charged for being pedophile but they're like tw mm -hmm. they're both 12 or 11 or something and like sending or photos. even 17 <laughs> and they're both like good students they're they're not they're not doing crazy things out in the streets but they send each other a a semi-naked pic and it is deemed to be child pornography oh god it's but it's also like it's funny that this i don't know where this bestiality laws comes from that comes only from must only come from the shame and the value that it's wrong because humans Are, are kind of allowed in the meat industry and stuff to treat animals really, really badly. Yeah, so it's more like Here in the United States. Humans don't do that. That's very, very true. <laughs> Every state is a little different. Like the state we used to live in, in, in Washington State, there were laws that were specifically because of uh, a few uh, serial killers who had involved animals in in their in some of the crimes that they had committed. So some of the 
uh, what they would have called bestiality laws resulted from some of those types of things. So Ooh. it really does depend on the state itself and what has happened or occurred in the state. And then laws are then created based on we're, that. We're from Scandinavia. So we just realized that you in America have so much more darkness, so much more crazy psychopaths and mass oh, murderers yes. and rapists than we ever oh, learned. Yeah. We just learn about the absolute, not even about the most uh, crazy ones. We learn about the most like popular ones or something. The ones that got pop, make, somebody made a movie about them or something, and we learn about the town where we mm -hmm. are living. Pretty dark stuff. And uh... why do a rapist rape? Can we help the rapist? Can therapy help? How do we create a better world where we have rapists and sexual offenders and pedophiles? lurking around every corner do you feel safe in a world with pedophiles and rapists what can we do if it's all is in your inner mindset that makes this it's all your sick imagination that this is happening try to imagine a world without rapists pedophiles Animal abuse, human abuse, sexual abuse, violence, unnecessary violence, animals caged. Try to imagine how it would look like. Maybe in our sick little mind we need violence and abuse to have something to fight for, to have something, duality, something like this. Maybe it's, maybe we actually want it, maybe we need it, maybe we need all these fucked up traumas, maybe we all need therapy when directly after birth, where somebody would tell us about all the beautiful things and how we can start to imagine a greater world, a world without abuse, without unnecessary violence. Let's get all your newborn babies a therapist. Before they speak, they need it. We need it. Good luck out there. Yeah, when it comes to, to sexuality and uh, sexual abuse and uh, uh, child abuse, it's... Uh, do you work? Have you worked a lot with that subject? Oh yes, all uh, quite a bit. I've I've worked. I actually worked um, before I started my own private practice. I, I worked in in a prison that had a treatment program specifically for people who had committed sexual crimes, and so I had worked with people who had um, uh, either been charged with um, child pornography trafficking, um, anything from that to uh, rape and murder to uh, you name it, uh, we saw it in our program. Um, so what, Go ahead. No, so what, what do you think about uh, fantasy-oriented material towards uh, pedophiles? Like, for example, uh, a child sex doll or uh, sexual drawings of a uh, child of... Uh, but fictional. Fictional. 
but fictional. This really depends on the person, right? Like there are, we don't know how many people we could actually identify as a pedophile. I put that in quotation marks because uh, here in the United States, oftentimes the word pedophile is used for every person who creates or commits a sexual crime, which is not at all the case. What an actual person who has pedophilia is, is someone who's aroused to a body that is prepubescent. So before they have hit puberty, before they have had secondary sexual characteristics like hips, chest changes, hair changes, breast tissue changes, muscle structure changes, all of that happens during the puberty period, right? So people who are actual people aroused to children are called pedophiles, yes, but those are a very specific narrow group of people and actually the number of them is smaller than we think, than we're made to think, of course, but also we don't know the actual number because there are many people who have this arousal who are too ashamed to come forward to be able to talk to someone like myself because they're so worried about how that might happen. There's actually a really good foundation out there called the um, Prosatia Foundation that it is specifically built for people who have never committed a crime, but who do have this arousal and wanted to find a community of people that they could be around that could, they never intend to harm a child and want to be around people that can help them never harm a child, if that makes sense. Um, when it comes to sex dolls and uh, sexual material like that, I... So my personal belief is is that the shame itself is what's corrosive to the human, not um, uh, the fantasy in the brain. It's the shame about the fantasy that causes us to do either strange, wacky, or terrible things. It's the shame is the reason why a person might harm another person. Really. And it's studies on this? Yes, we actually have we have some research on uh, we we need so much more research on this to be completely honest with you. I just actually taught a class on the etiology of those who've committed sexual crimes because uh, guess what? They don't want to fund this. They don't want to fund uh, studies about sex in general, but specifically, fund research on people who have this fantasy. Um, there is some organizations out there like um, ATSA, A-T-A-S, or sorry, A-S-T-A. I can't words today. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, do, that do help funding some education about this, but we just don't, we don't have enough, we don't have enough research. No, it's like people have no interest in one of the most important natural instincts of humanity that actually makes life and is part of like uh, seems to be some kind of divine communication form between people something really important in our culture yeah it's sad that uh, because if you would have like sh hidden away eating for example I guess mm -hmm. that's also would uh, generate uh, kind of even more crazy psychosis connected to the, mm -hmm. the act of eating also, yes. the, I've seen both sides. I've seen the people who take it out as a form of healing, and I've seen the people who 
unconsciously let it drive them because in the end sexual energy or sexuality is so strong that you can't nice. deny it. intensity in which that I, I used to tell and I still tell many of my clients that like the the sensory experience of sexual behavior is so great that it absolutely can influence us in in ways that can be beautiful and terrible <laughs> and if we're not allowed to explore or understand our bodies in a way that is how our bodies actually work and how our minds actually work, then of course it becomes distorted. Of course it becomes uh, maybe full of shame because we don't understand how it works to begin with. So yesterday was the 17th of December. It was a, mm -hmm. a celebration for stopping violence against prostitution, mm -hmm. which is also yes. is a, also a sexual assault against sex workers, people that mm -hmm. are working with sex. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. A, a, a friend who's been on my show, um, uh, Vanessa Carlisle, she has... Um, She is a sex educator and a sex worker, and she also does something called um, 
which I think is incredible work, uh, sexual surrogacy. So yeah. being able to sit with people and be sexual with them in a healing way. And uh, she had been posting about um, International Sex Workers Protection Day. And I just think that we absolutely have to offer a way for people who have done this profession, which is one of the oldest professions <laughs> in the world. Before money, even, I guess. It's like... It- <laughs> But it's kind of also the fundament of of of, uh, of a trade and capitalism and stuff, you know. In the end, we should actually just be nice. If we manage to get to this perfect utopia, we should just give to each other and give and take without like expectations. But before mm-hmm. we get there, yeah, we should uh, realize that uh, we should take care of the sex workers because they work with pleasure. Yes, the entire. Uh, I this is one of my. Uh, I think one of my favorite stories about uh, the city of Seattle, Washington. So Seattle, Washington uh, was known to be one of the largest cities supported by seamstresses in quotation marks. They were called seamstresses. What they actually were, were sex workers. (laughs) So it is one of the largest cities that was actually started and its strength was built on the backs of sex workers. I think a lot of sex workers are taking a lot of pressure away from people like you that work with psychology. But I know a lot of sex workers that says people come there just to have some. I work to cry. with sex workers. Yeah, okay. I work with people who are. I have had clients who are sex workers who need to process what the things that they see. I work with sex workers who are sexual surrogates as well. So if I have a client maybe who has never had their sexual debut and they're say they're in their 30s 40s or 50s and they're afraid to have sex for the first time and i bring in a sexual surrogate i can't my none of the ethics in in what i do allow me to touch a client but i can bring in somebody like a sex worker who who or a sex educator who is also a sexual surrogate who can help guide someone to pleasure on their terms and not have a traumatizing sexual debut how wonderful is that? Why shouldn't we have people like you that can combine both the psychological and the tantric sexual thing? Is like we should have schools for sex workers, no? Like you can take different mm-hmm. uh, directions. Ah, I want to be this uh, the psychological part of sex work or training the like uh, the a- athletic, sporty part or yeah, mm-hmm. like different uh, different because sexuality is mm-hmm. such a deep subject, and we could have learned to really both have a better life ourselves and help people that have traumas. We live in a society where people have been made sick by education and a lot of people uh, that rape Mm -hmm. and abuse children. But it's not like you go crazy from other people's madness, like, for example, working with pedophile people or working with such a diversity of different problems about sexuality and sexual abuse to sexual just like problems, personal. I I do have to like I have to be careful in how much of it I hear every day. So I have to like say like um, before when I was working like in the prison, I, I don't think that we as, human, we as humans are made to do that work for long, long periods of time. I did that for two and a half years. And that was enough for me to work in that setting. Now in my own practice, I get to pick how many people that I work with that are dealing with that problem. So like maybe I might only have one or two that I see regularly rather than 
15, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I have to, I have to, I have to kind of control how much I hear just to protect myself. Yeah, for being um, a good therapist, you somehow have to uh, keep some of your empathy and human emotion intact and not turn out psychopathic because then you can just work for money all the time. But if you're actually going to listen to people and stuff, you also are kind of like an emo emotional sponge, you know, that suck in mm. a lot of So I have problems. a therapist because I am, I'm an empath. I'm some, I feel other humans. Like I can, I can feel even through a computer, like I can feel what they're feeling. So I have to, like a sponge, I have to ring myself out. I'm off all next week for that very purpose. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so I can ring myself so out. Nothing to do, sit down, meditate, breathe in, breathe out, focus on unity, respect for each other, war is bad, abuse, rape happens in war, people try to heal themselves after war, it's trauma, psychology, psychologists helping people, rape, traumas, rape, murder, children blown to pieces by bombs. People making love behind bomb shelters, creating new human beings, loving each other, unifying together. Please help me, I need you. I love you so much, come in my arms. Don't be afraid, I will never scare you. Humans coming together, making new celebrations. It's another birthday, people born, born again, born again, reborn, back to the same state, never completing the circle, never completing the lesson, going back, unity is completed, back to myself, don't want to face myself, don't want to face other people, don't want to face rapists or pedophiles, don't want to live anymore, don't want to be on this planet, don't want to experience love, don't want to experience unity, want to be alone for myself, don't come close. I wanna hug you, I want to love you, come close to me, touch me, touch me, I need you, creation together, all together being alone again in this world, and then curing myself for whatever I can, thank you for being, thank you for God, God is me, God is everything, I love you. So know that you are, we are here in the mountains of Mexico, so if you want to come here and see our place, uh, we will take care of you, awesome. really, we would need you there also, you could make uh, maybe like a therapy <laughs> center, we, yeah, because we have uh, like a nudist uh, like swinger place, uh, like uh, close to, uh, it's a beach, it's uh, one of the only nudist beaches of Mexico, yeah. and they also have a lot of swinger uh, couples and stuff coming there, and we wanted That's maybe cool. to make like this healing center in the mountains with like a, with spa and massage and aromatherapy and maybe like it would be cool with like it's something actually one like of my dreams to be completely honest with you yeah with, with like therapy and I've stuff i've always like this. wanted to do create like be at a center like a healing center it would be really cool uh, if people got more uh, normalized with nudity and with mm -hmm. ideas about free love uh, they will mm -hmm. also eliminate more ideas about fear for certain elements that is not a dangerous in the society so we had like a chance to focus our energy on things that was kind of important and then i see in places like uh, on a nudist beach or in berlin where it's a very uh, open sexual lifestyle that you mm -hmm. also have less violence you have less sexual mm -hmm. violence you have more yeah. acceptance more tolerance between mm -hmm. people so it must be hanging together somehow but 
it's important to maybe work for the rights of sex workers and people working with sexuality and and yes. work work with getting more places where you can have a free body culture where you can be naked and feel normal about it as a part mm -hmm. of like educating against violence yes i i it's it's amazing to me when i see a transformation in in a client that has uh, either uh, embraced their body as it is or embraced their sexual identity as it is or when they start to let go of the shackles of how they were raised and become a, a person that can embrace their own pleasure there is nothing greater to me as a professional that I get to see that transformation happen there is nothing cooler than seeing a person who comes in to see me. They see me much like I'm seeing you. They see me over video and we start trying to unpack their, their lives of hurt and pain. And they get to sit with somebody who doesn't hold any shame over them and says, you know what, how you feel is, is typical and is okay. And let me be, maybe let me teach you how to, how to manage your feelings a little better, but, also embrace who you are and accept who you are just as you are sometimes i'm the first person that's ever said that to them that it's an incredible transformation to get to watch as another person but now i'm like now i see that maybe my problems that's what i saw also with my problem with a girl from india that when i looked into the problems of families getting ripped apart, uh, families with children and stuff in Norway. So I was just the top of the iceberg of being a depressed, sad person because the world is so difficult. And uh, mm. like I hear you talking now, I'm just like, okay, my problems is so minimal. You make, okay, maybe that's the therapy for me. It makes my problems seem minimal, you know, like, because you say you're, you're talking to people that is pedophiles. For How do you approach that uh, being unjudgeful? And how can we help people like this? You didn't totally answer on the thing with the sex doll and the, the mm -hmm. uh, erotic material that's fantasy oriented. Is that something that we can offer or should it be like talk about eliminating this like abstinence? I'm attracted to consensual sexual sexuality. So mm -hmm. abstinence for me would be not funny. You know, like uh, I, I don't think abstinence is the is the way. I, I don't. We've. I mean, here in the United States, we've definitely tried that experiment. The abstinence-only sex education sucks ass and is terrible. So, I don't think abstinence is the way. But I don't know. I tend to believe that uh, based, we are more likely to do things that we repeat again and again and again. So the brain is a super highway of associations. So if we continue a behavior again and again and again, even if the behavior is not good for us, it is incredibly difficult to shift that behavior by just saying, stop doing it. It would be like if I looked at both of you and said, don't think about the word orange. What are you immediately thinking about? The word orange. So we have to think about it maybe in a different way. I, I'll kind of tell you how I worked with it when I, when I was working with folks like this, because I, in my private practice, I work with all kinds of sexual issues. I don't just work with people with, uh, who have like maybe pedophilic interests. Um, I, I try to figure out what is on their arousal. Uh, uh, say if you had an arousal that was like the best thing, right? Like, 
10 out of 10. You know you're going to orgasm from it. You know that it is the most, the thing that turns you on the most. Okay, there is that thing. But what else is on that path? What is zero for you? What is one for you? What is a two for you on the arousal scale? What is a three? What kind of gets you aroused? What, what's a four? What's a five? What's a six? What's a seven? Do you have a seven, an eight, a nine that are not necessarily related to children or that are maybe related to other things that you could be reinforcing. Can we focus on those things as opposed to saying, no, not 10 ever. Maybe we shift to a nine. Maybe we shift to an eight. Maybe we shift to a seven to try to help a person be a sexual person, but also not reinforcing maybe an arousal that does maybe make them more risky to harm a child. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just extremely complicated for me. It like, is. Yeah, maybe like, it okay, uh, instead of this eight-year-old, could you maybe consider an 18-year-old that dressed up in younger clothes? Yeah, like, like <laughs> can we get closer to that? I would have, like, as a person who was working with these folks in, in the prison setting, I would I would say, okay, if... Can we get can we get an 18 year old and some younger looking clothes in your brain? <laughs> that's better than the that's a better option than the I'm about harm reduction. If we can reduce the harm, the reduce the harm to you and reduce the harm to other people. If that's what we can do, that's what we can do. Yeah, this sounds there's some there's some uh, and this is bold, but, you know, and people don't like when I talk about this, but there is some research to suggest it. And I, I, this does not mean that we should allow people to harm children. What I'm about to say, there is some suggestion that people who are truly only aroused to children that are prepubescent. This is a very specific group of people that it may be an orientation we fundamentally do not know. No, and humans, uh, we've gone through many different types of uh, cultures through history where it actually was accepted also. In some places in the world, it's still accepted to marry away really young children. You can say whatever you want about it. It's, yeah, but it still happens. Mm -hmm. We have and to people take- people are gonna be mad as hell when, yeah. they, when we talk about this. Well, yeah, we have to talk about that, it's ultimately, happening. Ultimately, what I'm saying is that we don't have the science. We don't have the science. But also we are kind of a scene of being a kind of uh, evil on many different things when it comes to liking power and controlling other people. And it's not only mm -hmm. it's not only mm -hmm. about children, it's about uh, nature and it's about uh, nations. <laughs> it's uh, so mm -hmm. the, the, the subject sticks really deep. But it's a very, very complicated subject to talk about and people will judge you really easily when you start to uh, talk about Absolutely. it. Uh, for example, I have a story where that people are complicated to understand. Or uh, I also somehow, and that's my friend that got sexually abused uh, by uh, someone uh, close to her and when she was around like uh, eight, nine, I think. And she mm -hmm. uh, always like, uh, she told me, 
So hey, I, I don't judge me. She told me she never really had a problem with the the play, the sexual play they had. What she got problems with was when the society and the the the, the psychiatry and everyone, the, the the system around it, found out about it and start to make big drama about it, and that mm -hmm. drove and decided her. decided that decided it decided it should be traumatic for her. Exactly. If, even if it wasn't, they made a big but, drama uh, for we her. We run into that a lot. We do. So yeah, it makes it even yeah. more complicated <laughs> because we don't. Want I, I don't. Uh, I if I have if I have a client that comes in to me and says like I don't see this thing as traumatic. I'm not gonna unless I see any kind of evidence to the contrary. It's not my job to 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 decide that for my client. It is my job to essentially meet them wherever they are, and sit with them in the shit. That is my job to sit with them in the greatest pain and try to understand it piece by piece. Almost like we're both standing there staring at a giant like whiteboard or, um, you know, like in a classroom, like you've got a big classroom board and we're just going to put it all up there and we're both going to look at it and we're both going to try to figure out the map the why, the feelings, the behaviors. We're going to look at it all and we're going to join together because people are experts on their own experience. Yeah. It's not my job to tell them they're wrong. So um, just for jumping to something t totally different, one yeah. of our Patreon followers had a question mm -hmm. for you that I'm, going to cool. read up, that I'm going to read up for you. So one person normally or many times only have one sex partner one and one okay but mm, sex is wonderful to have with many people and to be having sex in front of other people so mm. his question is what does this thing uh, what does you what does you think about the upsides and downsides of public sex the upsides and downsides of public sex so there's we uh, the term for this, uh, at least here in the U.S., is uh, uh, voyeurism or ex words are hard on a Friday <laughs> exhibitionism. <laughs> so here's the thing: this depends on where you are physically located, and I'm not going to tell anyone to do anything against the law. Let me just say that. But second, I'm going to do that. Do anything against the law if you find it's wrong. <laughs> It's not my it's not my job to tell you to do those kinds of things, but they are the most some of the most common fantasies we have is to get caught to do uh, something taboo in quotation marks uh, in front of a window and have someone walk by or have go out to a public place and have sex while people watch. Like this is actually an incredibly common fantasy. And so I encourage people that this is, this is actually very typical. And as much as we want to make it taboo, it's something that a lot of us are fantasizing about. So I, I just don't, uh, as long as uh, everybody is uh, giving consent uh, and says that they are on board uh, I, and they're not being coerced, uh, I think that there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. No, no, I just want to say like into that, uh, that, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't think either, but I think that's the essence of sexual education. As a, Sorry, I know you, some people have problem with bodies and you find it ugly and you think some people, uh, that everyone should wear censorship in form of clothes, even if it's warm enough. But we got born like that. And before we accept our body as something more natural than cars, for example, the simple things <laughs> that are other destructive shit around us. We can't get further in like, okay, a naked person is not dangerous. And then, okay, then we right. can get to the next, okay, m people making love somewhere, they don't affect you, is less dangerous than pollution from the car again. You have accepted so many things mm -hmm. that is really bad for us. And before we got to the point where lovemaking is considered beautiful or at least accepted in a society where we make war and control and destroy the whole planet, it's really hard to do yeah. education about what's right and wrong. Well, I have a follow-up question very fast. Have you ever had therapy for a person that accidentally saw somebody having sex in public? Have I ever done therapy with someone who has seen someone accidentally having sex? Yeah, no, someone getting you... psychological problems from seeing a naked person or people having sex. Um, <laughs> the thing that uh, usually, usually when a, a client of mine is traumatized in quotation marks, they'll say traumatized, but almost in a joking way, is if they caught their parents or something. But usually it's because their parents' reaction was so extreme that that's why it was such a, an extreme moment. But there's also, there is, like, I, I do think that there is some, some evolutionary uh, science at work here. I do think we are supposed to be a bit disgusted if we were to catch our parents because we, we are, as children, supposed to be safe from activities that are not at our level, right? And yeah, so but, but that's like but I don't know. Catching our catching our parents, we're, we're supposed to be a little bit like, oh, that's not for me. Yeah, but that's, that's just that's, because that's we have doors. To, yeah. It's because we have doors. You have tribal people <laughs> living in communities where and they don't have them. doors, and you have a, like Yanomamis that lives in one big house, like up to two hundred yeah. people naked all the time, and they just have sex anywhere, just like they eat. And they don't have to yes. hide, and that makes the children don't think that it's anything more unnormal exactly. than just walking. So it's like, yeah, we. I don't think you should find your parents uh, being a little bit weird. I find that a little weird. That is like, why should you find your parents? They made you. It's like they, <laughs> they fucked. That's how you got? Yeah, here. get over it. They fucked. They got you. Okay, if you have a problem with life, okay, blame. Say fuck. Why did you do this? Like happy birthday. You know, it's like come on. I do on. think. I, I think. I do think with the that what you've talked about the removal of like nature from our lives is a big part of this and 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 I promise this has a point. I grew up very rurally, so I I myself I grew up in a very small town and there were a, I grew up uh, around a lot of farmers. I grew up all around a lot of wildlife and a lot of farm life is about there being horses in front of you making other horses there being pigs making piglet and i think when you are connected to how nature actually happens it does make sexual behavior more typical in your growing up 
I, I remember, I think the first sexual act I ever saw was two horses. And being a tiny child and seeing those giant animals have sex, it was just like, that's that's a lot of things happening in front of me. But I had a wonderful mother who was like, this is how baby horses get here. And just made it very plain for me. It wasn't something to be afraid of. It wasn't something to walk away from. Um, and I do think that there is something to what you're saying when we are more disconnected from our environment and more disconnected from nature and that what that does to us as humans. Sun splashes of grace Paint me a new heart Stars, songs of the night Play me a fierce dance Sick and pale is my court I'm begging you rise up Bells, I hear the call Breaking a job is to integrate our stories into our lives and to learn how to accept things that are fundamentally out of side of our control and and I don't mean accept and and move on and let it go that's not at all what it means I think acceptance doesn't have anything to do with wanting or liking or or I think we will often think that acceptance means something positive. I, I don't think it always means that. I think that acceptance means peace. And peace is different than letting something go. Peace is looking at something and saying, yes, this is something that happened. 
and I'm going to allow that thing to no longer hook my insides everything every time I think about it but I am going to sit with it and acknowledge that it happened and allow whatever feelings that I've got to happen about that thing so, so I, I feel this like very strong connection to you right now it could be that you know you know a lot about different things about very dark things about sexuality to to more like clear things that I understand that I've done my own research on and I'm extremely fascinated about talking to you like wh what if I needed if I felt if I am one of the people listening to you now and I feel like I want to talk to you how can I get uh, is it just to get, go to your website do you take uh, random calls mm -hmm. from from all over the world or we we do so I have actually an entire practice that is online uh, our practice is mentalandsexualhealth.com. So that's my that's my online practice. So not only just me, but therapists I train. My, and so if I say I have a full caseload, say I have too many people that I'm seeing, I have other therapists that work for me that I train that can help people as well. And we do. We see people from all over the world, not just in the United States. We, we see people um, from, I, I mean, I've had clients from uh, France. I've had clients from Germany. I've had clients from Africa. I've had clients from, you, you name the country. We've, we've had folks, um, we, this sexuality is universal for, for most. We're all thinking about it, trying to understand it, trying to understand our, uh, its place in our life. And uh, I, we, we aim to try to help people with that. So uh, to, to be able to get connected with us, mentalandsexualhealth.com. I also have a podcast uh, and that's sex talk with Erica Miley and so there's lots of free information there I have over a hundred episodes of information there wow, can you repeat the name so, of your podcast because it disappeared sure. in the cyber world sex talk with Erica Miley wow I, I will listen to that for sure it's a uh, amazing uh, Leona do you have no, some more questions now before we uh, yes do you think Tommy need therapy do you, do I think do I think you both need therapy or what? I mainly <laughs> what she I don't mainly need therapy. Like she's a woman. She's like I don't know, but I have realized like for me, I'm afraid of women right now. It uh, could be mm -hmm. that I was with this borderline personality woman for a oh, year, and I was kind of interesting and intense, especially connected to that. I'm pretty open-minded, and she tried to take me on all of that. That is my th theories about this, and she got me like really. And uh, so my limitations, I learned a lot. But I learned also that I like, okay, I, I'm like, I think I need some kind of motherly figure of a woman <laughs> that can kind of take care of But the new style of modern, strong women laugh about that. They will laugh like, ha, ha, ha. But they want, don't want a strong guy in one way. They want men that's like oh, understanding and soft at the same time. They should be strong. And men, I think many men are not strong psychologically like that. I, Sorry, girls, I, like more guys kill themselves based on bullshit like torture. Yes. So from so yes. emotional torture, just like, and so I'm like now afraid of dating. I, I'm too honest. I say too much about my emotions. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Leona don't need therapy, but maybe I do. <laughs> What I think do you everybody think? needs therapy. Okay, you I, think I think everybody needs I think therapy. therapy. <laughs> I think everybody needs therapy. I think we could all benefit from it in some way. Uh, I think you know. I have a therapist. I am a therapist, and I talk to my own therapist. You have a partner. I do. Uh, I've been I've been married for twelve years. Whoa. I have two children. 
Um, happy, so I, happy. I've been doing some practicing. I just, I can and just you have that. to work a lot with that, or you 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 don't yeah. have a you don't have a free love relationship. Um, at least at this point, we're too tired with our kids. <laughs> I can't. I can only manage. Uh, we both have a very beautiful understanding about like we're it. Him and I are are it for each other. Whatever else that means, even later in life. Like if we open up and 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 maybe have sex with other people down the road when we have energy. Right now in 2020, we sure as shit don't. Um, but <laughs> like we made a commitment to each other that that. Whatever it was, whatever our relationship was going to be, it was going to be our relationship is it, even if we add to it or don't later down the road. Wow, that's cool. I have the relationship to Leona. We've been together and taking care of Fuck for Forest for 15 years, but she hates me kind of and find me crazy. <laughs> she, her hope is that I go to Norway, get money from the government to go to therapy and that she gets money for taking care of me. That's her plan. <laughs> Kind of. So she hopes like she. Hey, if it works, when you if say, it works, yeah, maybe. Why not? But you say you say that everyone needs therapy. That is generalizing. When you say that, then I'm like, Ach, I mean that everyone uh, the category. I don't need therapy. I need therapy, <laughs> not just because of what I've heard, but because, like, the shit I've been through in my life. Like, I, I, I had my parents went through it. Like, and they didn't know they had their parents grew up during like. World War II and the depression and like seriously harmed some of their children and they took all of that stuff forward. I had to go to therapy to conceptualize all that stuff for myself and that only made me understand my own life and my own life's journey better. So you went to therapy before you went became a therapist? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So my, my first experience with therapy was when, when I was in college. But then I'm back to this, like, the, 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 the trying to make me better can make me worse. Because I'm like, one of the points of needing therapy is that we live in a really fucked up world where it's so much, like, somehow, like, traumas all around us. And then I see also, like, the modern humans have become kind of whining, weak people that is, like, getting problems or, oh, you hurt my emotional, I need therapy. Like, so it's somehow been accepted, oh, yeah, you just take therapy. And then therapy has become, like, like a new thing to make a lot of money on. And I have to go to someone paying money for a friend that is not my friend listening to my problems, like kind of taking all those problems that my friends, like Leona, don't want to listen to anymore. <laughs> she don't get paid from the government it's, of Norway. It's definitely all more of, than being a friend. I yeah, but that's, yeah, exactly. But all of this together then makes me like feel even more darkness and despair and feeling lost. Oh, I have to go with my problems to pay someone. They probably don't want to listen to me anyway. You could and have been I forced by your parents to do it. You could have been forced <laughs> by the... You could have like, oh, why the fuck am I a therapist? Why the fuck am I have to listen to this in the first place? I don't know. As you care about that I when you're telling people on the bar about all your problems. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I use random people as an outblow on all my emotions. But she's finding that funny, but I don't... It doesn't help. I think, but that's the thing. If you, if you, if say you did, I'm just giving an example. Say you did go back to Norway and and found, uh, had to let the government pay for it because why not let the government pay for it? Um, it? And you found a therapist that you connected with, and you got you got some tools to be able to manage the emotions. And there was maybe 
didn't mean the darkness went completely away, but you understood the darkness better and you could see how to make it maybe just a little bit lighter in the future. Have you ever had this uh, experience of that someone was in therapy with you, you took away all their demons, they go away and the family comes and complain about that you destroyed their family member? It's like, <laughs> it's super boring now. It used to be like listening to cool, like dark music and like we have like a kind of dark interesting sense of humor no it's just like <laughs> actually no boring. like that's that's what i think therapy is really great at is allowing a person to accept the creativity that came from their pain and and that doesn't make the pain go away but it helps them conceptualize it and gives them the freedom because often shame is paralyzing. It keeps people from being creative. Shame and darkness and depression keep you from getting out of your bed. They don't help you paint or make something amazing or make an amazing video or shame keeps you from the things that you love and can do. When we can reconceptualize and deconstruct shame, it, uh, it can unlock creativity in a, in a beautiful way. I agree that shame, I think, yeah. but the uh, darkness and uh, depression, I think, uh, can be used as a very creative thing. But shame, I think, is uh, holding you back to accept to maybe laugh a little bit more about the pain you have. It doesn't take the pain away, but it, <laughs> I don't know, it makes you it laugh a little bit. It helps you get out of bed. That's, yeah. that's what we're all aiming for, is to get out of bed. Okay, so everyone is struggling with that. It's not only me. You see, everyone's nope. struggling. You need therapy, Leona. So thank, <laughs> thank you for being like, now in the end, can you please just uh, come with some uh, words of hope, final Absolutely. statement? First and foremost, I will say COVID has, 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 sh has shaken us all to our core. It has made some things more focused and brought, brought us closer to the things that maybe are more important to us. But it's also given us uh, time to pause and realize that we had to grieve the loss of so many things that we hope to do this year. So the thing I will say is one that um, this will come to an end. Every feeling we have eventually comes to an end and, and every experience that we have will eventually have an end. So acceptance and learning to be able to focus on small, even the most infinitesimal moments of gratitude and acceptance are the way forward. Today, I decided that I was going to be grateful for being able to to, to get out of my bed and, and put on a pair of shorts and, and go warm up my cup of tea. That, that was what I was going to be grateful for being able to do. I, I, and I mean grateful not in a, in a self-serving way, but grateful that I had the ability to do it. And, and that gave me the motion to be able to get up out of bed and move forward with the day and be able to talk to you two wonderful humans. Wow, it, sound, it sounds so simple, you know, just like free love, being in one with nature sounds simple. Yeah, uh, I will try that, I will try to focus on the small things and if it doesn't work, I still have drugs or suicides as like a <laughs> fast, final, final little like... <laughs> I, I'm never going to knock marijuana. I'm, not, I'm never, never, never going <laughs> to knock, knock marijuana. So. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for thank being you. with us. It's been so great. We both. learned so much. And uh, 
uh, I will probably be on your phone, like uh, on the waking you up in the night and shit now. Like, hey, 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 come please. Like, oh, it's Tommy from Bipolar. Please talk to me. Like, okay. So I would maybe be a little bit annoying in the future, but I hope we will get to know each other better. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Love you a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, so... What was the answer? Did I need therapy or not? I don't understand. I guess that's up to the therapist. Well, the therapist talk in a way that confused me even more. She says everyone needs therapy. Could be. I mean, I would wonder how it would look like if everybody had a therapist. Well, it's a lot of money for the therapeutic industry, I, I mean, guess. I guess it should be free, no? Yeah, if it was for free, then everyone should definitely have a guide or someone helping you through this uh, kind of twisting and turning and ups and downs in this life. Yeah, if you're still listening, that means you probably have got insane from listening to us uh, the whole show or you are a very strong, mental, stable person. And uh, if you are that, you probably have a good job and can maybe check out our Patreon website or our co-find a website to give us a little bit of donation for continuing to doing bipolar circle and medicine for our manic depressive state when we can't deal with it anymore. Well, I guess there's other options than lithium, no? Yeah, well, okay, there's other options. Like say. herbs or things like this. Like herbs. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you got educated. So that was another birthday show. Um, are we going closer to sanity? We are at least moving closer to the end of the world as we know it. And we will be there with you and collect as much information as possible of how people feel mentally and, and spiritually and uh, emotionally through this very difficult and uh, intriguing times. Yeah, and check out our podcast page for more information about all the different people that we've been interviewing. And you can also check out our Twitter page. At uh, Circle Polar, that's our Twitter, and our... Uh, podcast page. And our podcast, or our podcast page is uh, bipolarcircle.podbean.com. So please check out there. there will be a little bit more information about the people that we have been talking to. So uh, if we actually are able to continue uh, next uh, one more week, uh, we take one day at a time. We will be back in a week's time with a new birthday show. It might be live, we are not sure. We will start live shows soon. So if you have questions for us, we will do some questions and answers. So stay uh, tuned for that. What do you think, before we stop, I didn't get any conclusion about this pedophile, child molester thing, because some people would just say, better just shoot them in the head. It's enough people already. But then again, it's like, yeah, but our government is kind of like dropping bombs on people and producing weapons. Is that better? Like suddenly about like who's gonna die first? Yeah. Maybe dead is better than destroyed for life. I'm not sure. So please, uh, until next time, remember, do not rape anyone. I don't want to say that either. Do what the fuck you want, really. Like, Do not rape anyone. I don't want, I don't want to say what people should do or not. I mean, I think like 
it's not sexual abuse if a person wants it, so it's more about do not use violence against anybody. Uh, I don't really want to know uh, even some things she's working with. She must be extremely strong to be able to handle this. Or So until next week, we will try to stay alive for you and inform you about what's happening uh, towards the end of days that we are all experiencing together. Will it be the end of the modern civilization as we know it? Will it be total destruction of all life on the planet? Or will we mir miraculously create love, harmony and unity be between all nations, all genders, all colors, everyone, and take care of this planet together? That's the mystery we, we will look deeper at the next weeks. Well, we are one week closer every week. Yes, we are one week closer. We are the beginning and we are the end. This is the end of this birthday show. So until next time, if you still are mentally healthy enough to tune in and listen to us, have a great psychotic birthday. Happy birthday! Happy birthday!
Flesh and the pomegranate.